0: prophetically, and I've studied it for a while. So I hope that you can feel the heart of Jesus in what I'm saying. I like to draw pictures. I draw a mind map with pictures like this. This is how my mind works. It's very pale, but there's a a picture on This is every believer's grappling with sin. Sin is an offense. And we all suffer from offense all the time, don't we? We're different. So we live in a world where we rub up against each other and we have different ways of seeing life, different ways of doing things. And when you come up against someone does things differently. It's oh it's a bit uncomfortable. And if the relationship's gonna survive then you grapple for a compromise. But this talk is not about compromise, it's about grappling to find Jesus's heart. And there's lots of questions that I've asked that I felt he answered while answer, studying this. For example Why on earth are we left here in this sin hole? (laughs) It is terrible living here. And we all suffer pain. Different degrees all the time. And I think this is what I'm trying to talk about is our grappling with this, this time. This period of time where we are totally his. He has redeemed us. He, he, we are his most precious possession. And yet he wants us to know what he's done for us. What, he, what it cost him to win us. And so we have an experience of that sin. We have an experience of fallen nature while we're here. And a lot of our journey is sort of pictured in the Old Testament, in in Israel's being set free from Egypt and walking around the wilderness for a while and then coming into the Promised Land. They were his people. He chose them. But a lot of what they experienced, like in the big story of their exodus, we experience in our exodus and it's it's sometimes interesting just to look at it god wants us to know about sin he doesn't want to, us to sin he just wants us to be knowledgeable he doesn't want us to be scared of it and i think um we can be so fearful that we just completely shut it out and ignore it completely but I think he wants us to actually grapple with it, to actually connect with this world and draw people to himself. But in doing so, we experience their pain. We experience more of our own pain as we're honest about life, and that's okay. I think that's what my message is about. Um, So... I want to go into the cross a little bit because that's the firm foundation. That's where we're safe. That's where we've been purchased. So I want to talk about the cross a little bit. Um, The cost of something shows the value of something. Or the payment of the cross shows the depth of sin. So the horrors of the cross... Give us a picture of what Jesus came and suffered here to redeem us from. How how horrendous that was. And I think it's also amazing strength to know how much it cost him because He honors the pain that we feel here. If someone says to you, but how could God love us? Look what he's let me go through. Look at my life. You only got to look at the cross, and immediately you feel God has experienced this. He knows it. And it, to a small degree, he wants us to know it, to be his ambassadors, to be his warriors. We are free, completely free. He has overcome death and the grave. We live like foreigners. We live his kingdom people here on earth. But we're creating an atmosphere that his kingdoms can be here with us, his children. he wants us to work this out I I mean when you get each person that gets up to speak you get a flavour of their pet subjects and I think this one's one of mine Um, the, the yes now and yet not yet feel about life and the complete gift complete salvation and then the balance of having to work it out and I think Um, we're all in the process of being free. As well as being completely free, we are walking out of our Egypt, out of our bondage, and we're walking into freedom. And like that chrysalis, the butterfly has to work really hard to get out of the chrysalis, the muscle of those Wings won't be developed unless they're pushing really hard and I think that is true of our walk with God as well there's a, a spiritual exercise that God elects us experience that wants to own it, take it for ourselves so we're building muscles and we're walking out of habits that we've always been you know repeatedly repeatedly doing he's educating us lovingly taking us towards himself and I think someone who's free is someone who's in that process so it isn't that we've arrived that we are free it's the fact that we're facing him we, are, we have turned away from our old way of living and we've turned towards him and we are walking towards him. We're not arrived yet, but that's the safest place to be is just looking at Jesus and moving towards him. So I think that's freedom. And in that place, he covers everything we don't know already. He covers all our mistakes And he just anoints us, he puts his glory on us, and we complete complete the jobs that he sent us to do because our heart is towards him. Don't be surprised at the the battle that we're in. In 1 Peter 4, verse 12, it says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering. as as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you partake in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. And I think that's what he's doing. He wants you to own it so much so that you'll experience the joy that he has for us if he just saved us, like we made a commitment to him, we thank him for his death on our behalf and he, we are his and then he just helicopters us off, off the planet. I, I would love it if it was like that. Sometimes I think, Lord, why are we here? No. Um, so I had this picture of this helicopter just lifting us and taking us away to be with himself. But this, I just felt, how would we know, deeply know, experientially know what he's done for us if that immediately that was the case? A prophetic word over our lives is, it's okay. Everything is okay. We're safe. We have a strong stabilizing person covering us protecting us it's okay and I think but if you haven't addressed this issue if you haven't gone there and asked this question why are we here why do we suffer why are we struggling with this say you decided that was too polite a question to ask God and I'm a good Christian, so I won't be so rude. But um, you haven't gone there and you haven't worked it through with him. You haven't grappled with this issue. You don't know it. It's not yours yet. But I think that's what this knowing is about. But I, I felt strongly to say to you, don't be afraid of this process. It's okay. Grapple with it struggle with it and make it yours so we go on to number four In when you look at Leviticus Leviticus is I've been reading through the, the Bible um, and that's what's prompted this thought um, That, that Actually, there was two phrases that brought me on this journey. One is in Exodus 9, verse 15. It says, For by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with the plague that would have wiped you off the earth. But I have raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth, who was that speaking about? you know who that was he was speaking to? Yeah, Pharaoh. he could have just taken the children of Israel, wiped out the Egyptians, and put them in the promised land, but no he he went through ten plagues to show his power over lots of their gods, over lots of their way of life. They are the most powerful nation probably in the civilization. And God did a similar thing with Nebuchadnezzar, didn't he? I want to show you who's God. You might be the emperor of uh, the biggest nation on earth, but I want you to know this. So this little, like, incremental steps of the plagues that God shows Pharaoh it's like I want you to know what I can do and I think that's what he wants us to know what he can do here so it's going to be this battle in us that comes to the knowledge of God it doesn't sound very attractive does it anyway go back to this Amazing picture here. I, I see visually, I'm sorry. So the individual has, a, has this battle to face. Each individual has to choose the way that they live their lives. And we all have different ways of expressing Christianity. And the, the further you go out in communities, the more it's more likely that the people in this room are going to have similar ideas of our interpretation of God and our relationship with him. We understand him because we've been sharing and teaching each other and thinking along these lines. Sounds a bit dangerous, sorry. Cover me with love. But each person has to walk out their salvation with their conscience before God. So you are responsible for taking your knowledge of Jesus, his death on the cross, your acceptance of that gift, and how he expects you to live now. You have your own responsibility of walking that out. Now, an example of this is, I thought I'd share a bit about my upbringing. My parents were Salvation Army officers, and they dealt with a lot of drunkards in their experience they when pubs were where people just went to get drunk okay so there's no comfort seats i mean pubs now are like restaurants aren't they they're beautiful compared the pub used to be a place where the floor was covered in sawdust because there was so much mess the men went there to get absolutely Knocked out of their eyeballs because they didn't, couldn't cope with the stresses of their lives. The Soviet Army officers used to go in. They couldn't have a blurred line about drink, all right? They had to have a clear line about drink. So they were teetotalers. They had no alcohol touch their lips at all. So th- I'm explaining this from where I come from. I was brought up not to drink anything. I didn't have a television in our home, so when we were given projects to do for homework, and it was the night before soap, or you know, write a little essay about this, I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. I'm also got this blank in my experience of life, haven't I? It's complete. I think Tony has a little bit too. When he got saved, from then on, the knowledge of film music, all those things were like, there's a gap. Do you know what I mean? Where we lived in our consciences before God, understanding the way he wanted us to live. Now, that is really safety. I know Anna would say, I want to go and take my children and hide them away from the whole world when I have them. I don't want them to see it. So there's a safety in completely staying far away from the world as possible. So I have a real love for holiness. Um, I'm not frightened of him, God, because he kept my life separate for so long. I could see the benefits of it. And... Also, my parents were pioneers in the sense that they bl- they were filled with the Holy Spirit in the 60s when there wasn't any charismatic churches around. It was very, very rare. So if you became filled with the Holy Spirit, it cost you something to experience the Holy Spirit. People didn't like what you were talking about. There was a grappling going on about the Holy Spirit in those days so I'm not saying my life was because I had that wonderful experience of the Holy Spirit was a, as a gift from my family to me but I'm just saying that as individuals you've got to grapple with what do you think about how do you live your life do you watch television, do you drink A lot of alcohol. you, You know those questions where Jesus, we're walking towards Jesus. He can show you, as an individual, what that looks like for you. And obeying him is freedom. There's no rules that can make that right for you. There's you can't tell people how to how to live. That wouldn't work it comes from the heart and it comes from jesus and then you've got whole communities that are grappling with sin so we have gone through some revolutions really haven't we as as, as an, a nation or a civilization with slavery we have understood we had a blind spot about slavery a lot of Christians are enslaved and traded in slaves at the time. And we, they had to grapple with it, face it, work through all the pain and the hurt, and decide what Jesus taught about this. And we decided slavery is no good. So at the moment, we have other issues that we're grappling with huge issues that our community our society has accepted which we cannot accept with our faith so shall i leave them unsaid there's a few um i'm not wise enough to take them on but i'm just saying the community needs to grapple with sin remember sin is an offense it's where it opposes you opposes the community we have to grapple with it to grow up in new areas where we don't understand them and they're so complicated i don't know if you i was just thinking about abortion when i was young um before they brought abortion in there was women that would kill themselves rather than have children and I think that was the Christian weakness that allowed it to happen. Because how could you allow young people to hurt themselves like that? <coughs> the, the, the nurse's heart, the, the medic's heart was, we can't allow this destruction to carry on. So, and it's the same with drugs. You, you want to make drugs legal because it's safer for people that are dabbling in it. So these are huge issues that we're grappling with. And there's others, new ones, all the time. So I'm way out of date. (laughs) Like, our language totally changes. Liz and I were talking about our language. We don't want to be kept alive because (laughs) (laughs) for years and years and come back because language would be totally different. But... We've found around our table at lunchtime the words like normal is not acceptable anymore. And, you know, you you really are stepping on eggs. And the more time goes on, it feels like young people have more and more issues to cope with where they can't speak normal phrases to one another because it might be misconstrued what they're talking about and you're not being fair. So, but I think God wants us as a church to grapple with these things. And I think, I believe that we will come through to knowing his heart and how to cope with that. If you don't believe that, why would you grapple with it? He wants us to know the truth, how to handle these situations, how to be his heart in this world at this time. So we're grappling with it. And in grappling with it, it can hurt us. But wounds I call of joy. Wounds of joy. When we're actually affected by these situations. Remember that Jesus has raised us up above the heavens, above the earth, seated with him in heavenly places. His purpose is to show his incomparable riches through the church. There is a purpose for the church being left on the earth. There's a purpose for us working out this salvation. Have we written all of them out? So there's two extreme responses to the the knowledge of sin or the knowledge of offense. And one is to judge. And I think when you have been brought up like I have with holiness as the goal, it is so easy to become the judge. But we're told not to judge. Judge. And he spent a lot of time describing situations where we should not judge. And one of those verses I loved reading was Matthew 18, verse like there's a passage 23 to 34, where one servant is owing the master a huge debt. A huge debt. And... He begs the master to forgive him the debt, and he's merciful, and he gi- he forgives him. And then he goes out and he finds his brother who has a small debt against him, and he goes and puts him in the prison, the jail to a debtor's jail. And it, Jesus told this whole story just to uh, just to illustrate that he wanted us to be free of this judgment. It's true that we have offense. People give us offense. They owe us things. They've harmed us in some way. But we're to look at the cross and to see how much he has forgiven us. The knowledge of his work for us means that we can actually let go and give up this judgment. There is only one judge, and he's very, very kind. He's very just. He's fair. He's holy. He is completely holy. How does he cope with all these contradictory words? He is all-knowing. That helps, I expect. He knows our hearts. He knows every reflection. Movement of our heart in every situation. So when we're for him, he can feel that. And when we're opposed to him, he can feel that. He knows all these things. And because he gave himself up as the sacrifice for sin, he is the right judge. He's the only one that can do it. And we love the story where Jesus bows down in the sand and starts writing in the sand because what was judged in that situation was true. It was a right judgment in that situation. It wasn't even like unfair. How on earth was he going to judge this situation? So he just starts writing in the sand. He's like a similar picture of him writing on the stone when he wrote the Ten Commandments. It's Is his heart judging this person? Not at this time, no. I don't judge you. And then another verse that I really love is 1 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4, where Paul is talking about, you know, not judging, listening to other people's judgments about you. I don't even judge myself, he says, and it is the Lord that judges me. So we're not even given permission to judge ourselves. And a lot of low self-esteem can come from us just tearing ourselves apart. And I just take such comfort from this that Paul said, I'm not even going to judge myself. So it's very clear the scriptures about not judging And I want to go back to this picture of Jesus again, us walking into his presence. We don't come to church to have a nice diving time worshipping or... uh, We we do love it, don't we? It is so lovely. A lovely baptism in the Holy Spirit isn't just for us to have a nice feeling. This is where his wisdom is. Did you hear all the words that came this morning to us from different parts of the room? When we have devoted ourselves to worship, his wisdom is here. He is speaking his thoughts. And like it says in James, if we lack wisdom, we ask of God. It is a dependence upon him that he's looking for. Absolute dependence. If, if, if we think that we're going to solve the issues of this generation by our wisdom, man's wisdom, it's futile. He is going to have an, a precise word for the situations that we're in. A precise word. And it's like the word I got this morning as I woke up was like a sword that pierces between the bone and the marrow is able to divide an actual true a true path right to the issue with the answer to the issue. His word is able to come. And I was thinking that the the word of God without the Spirit is is not helpful. Is I His spirit actually quickens the words that he's saying and makes them work the works that he wants to do to bring salvation, to bring reconciliation, to bring restoration. Our human kindness alone cannot share the gospel with somebody. Even though we're longing for people to come into the knowledge of God and into freedom and into the prosperity, the wealth of of knowing him. Our human kindness can't do that. But when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, he will prompt words in our hearts that will be like that sword that will speak right to the point of that person's life that will set them free, bring salvation. So, Lord, we don't want to be wise in our own eyes. We don't want to work this out. We are totally dependent upon you to do this. So judgment is one response. The other response is tolerance. And I just felt that God, we were sharing together to deny to be tolerant of sin, to be to, just to let life happen around you, it's easier not to cause fuss, not to make waves, it's easier just to be, is to deny God's holiness. And the consequence of denying His holiness is that we slip out of fellowship with Him. He, he, it becomes like a shadow over his face for us if we cannot include in this grappling the ingredients of his holiness. So he's, he's able to do it, and he can show us how to do it, to grapple with it and include his holiness in this situation, in our lives, how to live And how to be as a community. So. There are passages that explain. Israel's inheritance. And their spiritual walk. Their journey. That we can see our own experience. Really clearly in them. So in exodus 23:30 it talks about little by little i will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take the land and i think if god was to take us up by helicopter and take us out of the <laughs> out of the world that we live in what would happen to the world when we're lifted out who would be breathing for them the Spirit of God? So if they'd gone into walked into the promised land and the group of people that they were and everybody fell before them and walked away, which was sometimes that did happen, then there would be wild animals that came and they would have to grapple with those. It's like he took them step by step into the promised land. And I think we can overcome these issues step by step. So our grapple is the last four sentences or four phrases that I'd like to think about is, there is a right way. Your conscience with the Holy Spirit will show you the right way. To live. He will show our nation how to grapple with the issues that we face. He will show us the holy way where we can be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We can have his wisdom for every situation, and he show us the merciful way, the forgiving way. So I just want to bless you in your wrestle with his truth, that you find his expression in the world for you to give your picture of Jesus. Amen.